This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, on Science with Simi today, we're going to have a discussion about the issue of depression. So why does it impact some people and not others? What factors into the onset of depression? Are there groups who are more likely to exhibit the signs and symptoms? Well, all of this interesting research was recently undertaken by Kwantlen Polytechnic University, the universities of Victoria and Toronto, and McEwen University. So what did they find out? Well, joining us now is Dr. Karen Davidson, chair of the Health Science Program at KPU. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Simi. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell me about your research. So what were you looking into? So we were looking into mainly the association between depression and immigrant status, and we used Canadian Longitudinal Study on Aging data, which is a study that's ongoing, and it looks at uh, individuals between 45 to 85 years of age. Um, Along with our main research question around immigrant status and depression, we looked at a number of other different factors actually 32 other variables um, within that relationship to see if it impacted um, the association between immigrant status and depression. Oh, that must have been interesting. So recent arrivals to Canada and whether or not that relates at all to depression? That's correct. And what we found there was that in women in particular that had been 20 years or less in Canada, they were two to two and a half times more likely to experience depression. But do we know why that is? Well, um, we think there's many different factors that could be contributing. So, um, you know, immigrating to a new country can be quite stressful. And for women in particular, they may not have um, the social support networks that, say, their husbands might have who may be working. Um, Also, there's a lot of challenges with immigrating to a new country, like learning a new language, um, getting your education and work experience recognized in a new country so that you can work in a similar job, um, and then just adapting to a new culture um, and all of those, and, uh, and also changes in diet that often occur. So um, studies have shown, for example, that uh, the longer that uh, person is in Canada that's immigrated, their diets tend to get higher in fat and sodium. And that can impact their mental health? Yeah, so, um, you know, increased fat, particularly saturated fats and sodium, um, and the processed foods that contain a lot of that can contribute to inflammation, and inflammation can then, um, you know, contribute to depression. That's really interesting. Is like, is that the first time we've ever heard something like this? That there can be these other external factors that lead to depression. Um, there's been other research as well that has shown um, links with diet and depression in different samples. Um, there's also other factors too, like socioeconomic factors and health-related factors um, that can contribute to depression. But diet. Um, has been shown to be independently linked with depression as well. So so is that for people then who've arrived here and their diet changes, but what about people who've always had that same diet? Yeah, so we also did find an association uh, with different intakes of foods 
with depression. So in the whole sample, so we looked at immigrants as well as those born in Canada, and we found that, um, you know, fruit and vegetable intake, the, the higher the intake, the less risk of depression. Um, we found association also with um, chocolate intake and salty snacks. And then for men in particular, higher fat intakes and higher intakes of omega-3 eggs, actually, we, there was a lower likelihood of depression. Right. What do you think we could take away from this then, Dr. Davison? Is this something that we have to be more alert for? Um, well, we, when we think about depression itself, it affects 1 in 23 people on a global basis. And in the condition of major depressive disorder uh, is the second leading cause of disability. So studies such as this that show different factors that contribute to depression can help us then um, develop programs and policies that can help to mitigate depression, right? So, for example, in particular, immigrant women, um, because they seem to be a higher likelihood of, of getting depression, thinking of ways that we can, you know, build their social support ne- networks and um, facilitate better diet, um, you know, so thinking of different programs and that that could help to reduce depression and then all the costs and associated with that. So do we do that now or is that something that we have to work on more? I think there's a lot of great programs that are happening now um, and they may take away some information from this study that could help to you know, revise their content. Um, and I think also policy-wide, um, there could be a little more that's done, like, you know, supporting uh, better income for immigrants, you know, so that they can access foods, um, maybe more availability of uh, foods that they're accustomed to. So, you know, things like that might be a consideration. Right. Like, what... what- how would that benefit, I guess, everybody then in terms of if we can make people's adjustment easier, that helps everybody, doesn't it? If they can settle in more, find jobs that make them happy, uh, that's a benefit to everyone. Of course, yeah. It's like we're all in Canada and it has, um, you know, builds human capacity and overall, you know, social capacity. So it definitely benefits everyone. Right. So where is your research going to take you now? Did you have questions kind of coming out of this about the next thing you want to take a look at? Um, yeah. Well, we're continuing to look at this data. It's, they're going to be collecting it over the next 10 to 15 years. So we can start to look at things longitudinally. Um, but we have other um, analysis that we've done related to post-traumatic stress disorder, psychological distress, anxiety. So we're looking at other mental health as well as physical health um, outcomes. Do you think we can do more than uh, to mitigate some of these? Like if we know people are in a certain set of circumstances that might mean depression, is there more we can do to ward that off? Um, well, certainly there's a lot of you know programs, uh, particularly in urban centers, that I think, um, you know, making sure that they're connecting to people when they first come to Canada and following up, because um, it seems to be within that first five years where there's kind of the highest risk of developing depression and that because of, you know, their major transition. So I think just really, you know, being aware of when people come and just following up and, and then helping them to get access to the many different resources that are available. So whether it's 
you know, to a certain program or getting in to see a certain physician. So just having those supports in place, I think, would really be helpful. So interesting. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Karen Davidson, Chair of the Health Science Program at Kwantlen Polytechnic University.